Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Brewer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. What is up, my love? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my book, Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love. I'm going to be sharing a lot more from the book in the next couple of weeks, so get super excited for that. If you haven't purchased your copy yet, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, Target. You can find all of the links to purchase on my website at juliebewer.com book. But if you've spent years on a roller coaster of dieting and body shaming, this is the book for you. This book contains a few foundational chapters about how to optimize your nutrition and lifestyle, and then the rest of it is based on the eight-week lifestyle makeover that I take my clients through. So if you've ever wanted to work with me one-on-one, and you've been on my wait list, or you've wondered what it's like to be a client of mine, you can take yourself through this eight-week process. And even better, you and a friend can purchase this book and go through the eight weeks together so you have an accountability buddy. This book, Healthy and Happy, gives you the tools you need to fall in love with your body and your life. We go over habits like improving your mindset, practicing self-care and self-integrity, establishing a magic morning routine. It's everything you need to quiet your inner critic and find fulfillment. You can read all the reviews on Amazon so far. The five-star reviews are coming in hot. If you have read the book, please share your experience on Amazon with a review you and keep tagging me in your Instagram stories when you purchase the book, when you get the book in your hands. Let us know what your favorite takeaways are. And I'm so excited for this book to change your relationship with food and your body for good. Today, I want to chat with you about one of the topics in the book. You can find it in chapter five, which is staying accountable, stopping self-sabotage, and making the most of this program. The reason I included this chapter in the book is because I don't just want you to pick up my book, read it, and let it collect dust on your bookshelf for the rest of your life. I want you to be able to use this book, highlight it, dog ear it, make notes in the margins, and actually take action on the principles in this book. One of the most common questions I hear from both clients and people who listen to this podcast and just people I talk to on a daily basis is that they may have these big dreams and goals and visions for their body and their life, but it's hard for them to stick to that consistently. Maybe they have a goal in mind of wanting to run a half marathon, but when it comes down to it, they end up snoozing their alarm and missing their training run. Or maybe they have this vision of what it would be like to change their relationship with food, but they get busy, they don't meal prep, and they eat a bag of chips for lunch. Definitely not speaking from experience here. (laughs) If you would like to follow along with the lesson I'm about to teach you, you can turn to page 67 through 69 in the book. Again, that's chapter five, staying accountable, stopping self-sabotage, and making the most of this program. I talk a lot about creating a vision for your life and taking responsibility for your actions. What happens when you are the one that is standing in your own way, when you are your own worst enemy? The concept I learned about self-sabotage in one of my favorite books, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. We've gone over that in my previous podcast episode about self-sabotage, but let's just quickly go over it so you have an idea of what it means to self-sabotage. Do you ever say you want to do something, yet you don't follow through despite your best intentions? 
Gay Hendricks in the book talks about how each of us have an upper limit to which we allow ourselves to feel good. Most of us, he says, spend our lives operating in our zone of excellence, but never take the initiative to operate in our zone of genius, which is the only place we can truly thrive. So why is it that despite our best intentions to reach our goals, create healthy habits, make new friends, meet the love of our life, we feel like we're always just in arm's reach away from our goals. Like we're doing the things we need to do to get there, but we can never actually reach the goal itself. And even if we do reach the goal, our emotions end up falling flat. We've built up this idea of what it would feel like to accomplish this goal, and then we're disappointed when we reach the goal because we don't end up feeling like we thought we would. Long story short, it's this. This is the reason we self-sabotage. We sabotage ourselves when we feel too good, mostly due to an underlying self-limiting belief that we don't deserve to feel good. So we upper limit ourselves to bring ourselves back down to our comfort zones. So it's like you get a taste of the zone of genius and then the doubts and beliefs creep in and sabotage your efforts and behaviors in order to bring you back down to where you're comfortable, even if where you're comfortable is not making you happy. I'm going to give you an example from the book. I think everybody can relate to this one. Let's say things are going really well with your partner for a while. You guys are having a great time together. You're communicating well. Things seem to be going really well. And then you find yourself getting angry at them for no reason. Maybe they leave the toothpaste lid off. Maybe they leave the toilet seat up. Maybe they leave their dirty ass socks laying on the ground somewhere and you find yourself picking a fight for no reason. Or let's say you're on a roll with prepping your food, choosing healthy options, working out, and then you have a few episodes of overeating. Even though you've made the commitment to allow yourself to have an abundance mindset to develop a healthier relationship with food, maybe you get sucked back into this idea that you have to restrict, which causes you to binge, and therefore continues the cycle again and again. These are all examples of upper limiting yourself. It's mind-blowing, right? So there's nothing wrong with you if you do this. This just means we have to do a little bit of work in order to go from saying you want something to actually learning how to do something about it, which is what we're going to go over in this episode. So now that you understand what the upper limit is, and again, you can go back and listen to my self-sabotage episode where we talk all about self-sabotage. Now we can dive into something a little bit deeper that will help you go from saying you want to do something to doing it because that's the thing right thoughts are great we can sit on our couch and wish to be a millionaire all day long and think the law of attraction is going to bring that to us but unless our thoughts are congruent with our actions we're not going to get to where we want to be that might hurt but it's the truth there are three steps to go from saying you want to change your life to actually taking the steps to do something about it here are the ways that you can start taking action towards your goals today i want you to stop what you're doing write this down if you're driving come back to it. If you have the book in front of you, even better. Let's go through this together. Step one, identify the areas in which you are upper limiting yourself. So maybe you were listening to my previous examples and you were nodding your head. You were like, yes, girl, that is me. Why are you talking about me? How do you know that I'm doing that? Write down those examples. Identify where you feel stuck, meaning you feel like you genuinely desire a result but you also feel like no matter what you do, you never really get there. Some common areas you may self-sabotage your success are your body, your health, your career, your relationships, your finances. Have you ever been trying to save money for a while and then you blow it all on a shopping spree because you're feeling lonely and bored and so you start online shopping? That is self-sabotaging. No guilt here, no shame. Just write down the areas where you could see yourself upper limiting yourself. And then in step two, we're going to ask, are my thoughts congruent with my actions? 
I cannot tell you how many times I've examined an area of my life that I say I want to change only to realize that what I say I want is not what I'm actually doing. Let me say that again. What I say I want to change is not what I'm actually doing. To expose where this is happening, I like to create a chart. Again, if you have the book, this is so much easier to see in plain text. So turn to page 69. Yes, 69 in the book. So you can see this chart. But what I do and what you can do if you're listening to this episode is draw a vertical line down the middle of a sheet of paper. On the left-hand side of the paper, I write my thoughts about things that I want to accomplish. And on the right-hand side, I record my real actions. So let me illustrate some of these personal examples here and things that I've heard from my clients as well. There's thoughts on the left-hand side. There's your real actions on the right-hand side of the paper. Let's examine one thought. Number one, I want to start waking up earlier so I have time to exercise before work. That's a very noble goal. That's a goal that a lot of people have because most people need to get it done before work. Otherwise, it doesn't get done throughout the day. But then when you stop and you examine your real actions and you're radically honest with yourself, your real action there is that I consistently snooze my alarm despite my intentions of going to the gym. Again, there's no guilt. There's no shame. We're just examining where our thoughts and our actions may not be currently lining up. And then we're going to talk about how to bridge that gap between knowing what to do, wanting to do it, and actually following through with it. Let's examine another thought. I'd love to accomplish my goal of running a 10K. Real action might be I'm not consistent with my running schedule and I often make excuses when it's time to run. Another example of a thought would be it would feel so great to have more confidence. But your action is I'm not willing to examine my thought patterns and do the work to change my negative thought patterns to more positive thoughts. And just one final example, you may say, I want to spend more time prepping my food to create more time during the week and become healthier. But then the action is that I schedule meal prep for Sunday afternoons, but instead of sticking to that commitment, I decide to go to the movies or have drinks with my friends. Again, none of these examples are meant to make you feel bad. If you're doing this, you are a human being. Congratulations. You're living, you're breathing. And because you're still living and breathing, that means if you're not happy with the choice you're making, you can choose a different choice. That is the beauty of being human. We can choose to reinvent ourselves over and over and over again, week by week, month by month, simply by examining where our thoughts and our actions are incongruent. Here's the honest, radical truth. Can I just be real with you for one second? It's not enough just to think about it or even talk about it or even research about changing. Researching and thinking that you need to know more is often just a form of procrastination on your actual goal. So let's say you want to change some habits as it relates to nutrition, but instead of just trying things and getting messy and just choosing one habit to stick to and actually working on that habit throughout the week, you spend hours and hours and hours researching diets and nutrition and how to change habits and all of this without just starting and getting messy and maybe you fail and you have to choose a different habit or reinvent the way you do it, but stop procrastinating by doing more research. In most cases, you don't necessarily need to know more. You just need to execute what you already know. We're going to move on to step three because this may be the most important step. Now that you've identified in step one, the areas in which you are upper limiting yourself, and then in step two, figuring out where your thoughts and your actions are incongruent. Step three is helping you to identify where your self-limiting beliefs are actually serving you. Yes, that is exactly what I said where your self-limiting beliefs and your self-sabotaging behaviors are actually serving you. 
This step is the most important, but it often gets overlooked or never even considered in the first place. Let me be real with you again. Every single habit you have, whether it is positive or negative, serves you in some way. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Even people who smoke cigarettes, we know that's not a good habit to have, but there's a reason that it's so hard to quit smoking, and that is because every single time you smoke, it triggers the dopamine reward circuit in your brain. Every time you overeat, it triggers the reward circuit in your brain. So it's serving you in the moment by maybe helping you fill a void, not having to face your emotions that are uncomfortable, helping you trigger dopamine so you feel really good temporarily when you take a puff of a cigarette or you overeat, but that doesn't mean it makes you feel good in the long run. So get radically honest with yourself here. Take some time to journal this out and identify where your self-limiting beliefs, where your self-sabotaging behaviors and habits are actually serving you. I don't know why this example just came to mind, but it reminds me of being in a toxic relationship and you and your ex break up and then you go text them, even though you know you shouldn't, even though it's not good for you, but you text them because you want to feel loved in that moment. Even if you know it's not a positive source of love, even though you know it's toxic and you know you shouldn't go back to it, it's serving you in that moment because when they respond, if they respond, you automatically get a hit of dopamine and it is serving you in that way and therefore it becomes becomes addictive. When you are examining these thought patterns and your actions and your self-sabotaging behaviors, do not beat yourself up. You are a human being. Your brain is hardwired to seek the easy solution, to take the path of least resistance, to find the thing that's going to create the most reward in the shortest amount of time, even if that is a negative behavior, even if that behavior is self-sabotaging and not getting you closer to where you really want to be. Just like it's taken you years and years to learn negative thought patterns in some cases, it's going to take years potentially to help you rewire to a positive thought pattern. But the beautiful thing about this is that it does get easier over time. Even if there's a lot of guilt and shame around the self-sabotaging behaviors right now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be this way. If you go into this exercise with an open mind, with an open heart, with compassion for yourself and understanding that you're a human, that you have emotions, that you are just trying to fulfill your desires, whether that's with a quick fix or a long-term result, be compassionate and gentle with yourself, but also be radically honest with yourself. Because if you're not where you want to be, there can be many factors that are standing in your own way, but let's make sure that you are not one of those factors that's standing in your own way, that your mindset is not the thing that's holding you back from success. I hope you found this exercise helpful. Again, if you are listening to this in the car, I hope that you will go home, grab your healthy and happy book, complete this exercise, and actually take the time to examine your thoughts, your patterns, and how they are either congruent with your actions or incongruent and how you can start making changes to become more congruent, to end the self-sabotaging cycle, and to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. This is how you go from knowing what you want to actually doing it. If you found this helpful, please let me know. Tag me on Instagram at Healthy Happy Podcast. Share this episode with a friend. Again, you can go online to juliebuer.com slash book and find all of the links to where you can purchase my book, Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love. If you want me to share more from the book, I would be so happy to do so. Send me a DM. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode. Let me know what you're enjoying in the book. And if you have any questions, I am so happy to answer them for you. Sending you a big hug. Go out there this week. Start to identify those negative self-sabotaging thought patterns and just slowly and compassionately work to change them. 
You got this. I'm proud of you. You're doing amazing. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.